Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hello there and welcome to another exciting episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, your host of the show, also known as the Private Money Authority. And if you're brand new to the show, here on this show, we talk about all things that relate to real estate investing. We talk about investing in single family houses, commercial projects, small apartments, self-storage, land deals, notes, and we also talk about how to get funding for those deals creatively and with private money. Now, if you're brand new to the show, I'm known as the Private Money Authority because from 2003 to 2009, I relied on the local banks and mortgage companies to fund my deals. But then I got cut off with no notice in 2009, but it was one of the biggest blessings in disguise. I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money. Since that time, I've never missed out on a deal. I've rehabbed over 400 houses, done even more deals creatively. And the reason I've never missed out on a deal since 2009 is because I got the cash ready to buy those all cash deals. And as we know, most of the sellers require all the money. So I've got a brand new free gift for everybody that's tuning here on the show. And that is I just launched the Private Money Academy which is a monthly membership where we actually have two live Zoom conference a month with, yes, yours truly, me, for at least an hour to an hour and a half, answering all your real estate investing questions, getting you plugged into private money and funding for your deals. And we also have a hot seat session where we will take one of the members of the academy, put you in the hot seat, analyze your business and create a plan to take you and your business to the next level. So I have a free gift for everybody tuning in, and that is 
four weeks, absolute free access to the Private Money Academy. And you get to come on the next two live shows for the Academy membership absolutely for free. You can take advantage of that and learn all about it after the show today at www.jayconner.com forward slash trial, T-R-I-A-L. That's jayconner, dot com forward slash trial, T-R-I-A-L. Be sure and check that out. Come on in to the membership for free, and I'll see you on the inside at those live Zoom conference coaching calls. Well, as you know, if you've been tuning into Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor, we have amazing guests and experts here on the show, and today is no exception. Before I bring my special guest out of the brain, out of the green room and here to the forefront, let me tell you just a little bit about him. Well, my guest today is a real estate investor and a mentor, and he owns and manages a seven-figure per year flipping business. So my guest and I, we've got a lot in common. Well, his passion is being a top house flipper in the nation. And his other passion is also helping other newer investors build a sustainable real estate investing company. Well, with 11 years, he started back in 2010 on the real estate investing side. With 11 years in the real estate investing business, he's invested in over 15 states. And yes, today on today's show, we're going to be talking about how do you do this business remotely and totally virtually. He also has, uh, has houses all the way from Michigan to Georgia. And to date, he has completed over 550 transactions to date. Yes, he knows what he's talking about from experience. In addition to that, he focuses on buying single family flips creatively using both subject to uh, the existing note strategy and he buys a lot with owner financing. In fact, he is known as the owner financed guy. He also uses the strategy of selling retail or with owner financing with creating wraparound notes. I know you've heard that terminology, wrapping around a note. And if that's sort of a new term to you or an old term, you don't know what it means. We're going to talk about that on today's show as well and how you can utilize that strategy as well. Well, he is also the host of one of the top 100 business podcasts in the nation. And the name of his podcast is Investor Creator. And there on the podcast, he teaches new and seasoned real estate investors how to take their house flipping business to a multiple six or even seven figure income without sacrificing freedom. After all, what do we want in this real estate investing world is wealth and freedom. And my guest today is an, an expert in that area. My guest lives in Nashville, Tennessee. And with that, welcome to the show, my friend and expert, Mr. Brad Smotherman. Brad, welcome to the show. Jay, appreciate you having me on. I have a feeling we're going to have so much fun with this. I'm just going to have to take a nap after we get done. Yes, you are. My lands, Brad, I'm so excited to have you on. And I know uh, just by your intro, your bio, and the short period of time that we've been around each other, we've got a lot in common. In fact, my best guess, one of your core values and one of your secrets to success is having the mindset and the framework of putting other people first, having their interests ahead of your interests. Would you agree with that? 100%. 100%. So, Brad, uh, first of all, 
You look entirely too young to be this successful, but anyway, I'll go beyond that statement pretty quickly. You're from Nashville, Tennessee. You grew up in Nashville? I did, born and raised. You sing country? No, I don't sing anything, and, and that's a good thing for everybody that would have to listen. So I better <laughs> just leave the country music for the people that know how to sing it. Uh, I'll just listen politely like everyone else. But now you enjoy going to the Grand Ole Opry, right? Oh, certainly. And like I was telling you guys before, I took my grandmother to see Merle Haggard there twice, and we saw George Jones once, and uh, just had a great time. So, absolutely. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you here on the show today, uh, Brad, because you're known as the owner finance guy. Uh, You're an expert in the area of buying houses on terms, uh, controlling them creatively or whatever. So first of all, if you would explain to the audience, what does your business model look like? Well, I think my business model is a little bit different than most because everybody out there, especially the past five or six years, what they wanted to do is, you know, they wanted to wholesale something or they wanted to fix something and flip it. And, you know, the the past 10 years, we've had an explosion of these fix and flip TV shows. And frankly, Jay, those shows just give me anxiety. Like I can't watch them. Literally, I went to the dentist the other day and asked me what I wanted to watch. As I'm sitting there in the chair, I was like anything but this HGTV stuff, right? Well, wait a minute, Brad. Now, why would why would a reality show that I'm sure is real that shows you how to make a hundred grand in 30 minutes with no headaches, why would that give you anxiety? Well, I, just like you know, I mean, it's not real. And then, you know, secondly, I'm, I'm looking at what they're spending on the kitchen. I'm thinking, well, I could do it for a sixth of that. And then the person buying the house, it's like, well, what do you do for a living? And they say, well, we catch butterflies and rainbows all day and our budget's two million bucks. And it's just like, it just doesn't seem exactly genuine to me. Uh, but maybe they're just in a different market, a better market than I've ever seen. Let's just say that. Yeah, I get it, brother. I get it. Sorry to interrupt what your business model looks like. Yeah, and that's a 100% fine. So, you know, I started in 2010, and my background was very similar to yours in a certain way, although I didn't live it. So I worked for a builder developer uh, while I sold real estate through college, and everything was going really, really well up until the crash of 08. And in 2009, the bankers came in and said, well, sorry, we're going to have to call your loan. You have 30 days to pay us off. And as you know, during that time, there's really no way to refinance commercial lending, you know, especially a development loan. And so it bankrupted them. And luckily, I was able to, to learn the lessons from the crash without actually having to be involved in the crash. And so when that happened, I realized very quickly I didn't want bank money in my business, very similar to what you're dealing with, right? So it's like, guys, being able to raise private money is paramount to this business. Like what Jay's talking about is super, super important. But uh, so I got started in 2010. And back then, you really couldn't wholesale because no, very few people had an equity position that was big enough to where you could wholesale it. And then also the flip, fix and flip model was very difficult because I couldn't get money. And so I had to find another way. Well, what I found worked and has always worked and what I feel will always work is creating owner financing. And so what we do is we buy creatively when we buy and then we sell with owner financing in a vast majority of our transactions. We still go retail at times and that's okay. But what we want to do is we want to create long-term cash flow with long-term capital assets. And for me, I'd rather have that in mortgage notes. I feel like it's far more scalable than rentals. We're able to get paid to take the note. In most of our transactions, it's not like I'm putting cash out there to invest. We're getting long-term assets given to us. And you know, I, I just had to find another way because I, could, I didn't want to wholesale. I couldn't wholesale. And the fix and flip model looked like really difficult to me during that time. And so uh, we've been pretty much doing a, a similar model ever since. 
So to recap what you just said, tell me if I got it right. Your core model is buy on terms, buy with owner financing, buy with subject to, buy it creatively without paying all the cash, take that same property, turn around and sell it creatively to a new buyer with owner financing or what have you. So let's break that down. First of all, you said the reason you do that is because you want to build long-term wealth by leveraging an asset that's going to continue to pay you monthly for a long time. Is that right? 100%. That's right. So in today's market, I know from my own business, I know from my students' uh, businesses, that finding a deal today in the multiple listing service is a bonus. Uh, the deals are not in the multiple listing service by and large. So we have to find our deals off market. We have to find houses that are not in the multiple listing service. So if you don't mind pulling back the curtain for us just a little bit and give us a little sneak peek as to what is working for you today to find these people that have houses um, for sale, or maybe they haven't considered selling their house. How do you find these deals? And that's a great question. Well, I mean, as we know, everything starts with a motivated seller. So the foundation of the business is marketing for motivated sellers. Now, for me, real estate's a means to an end. I mean, if I could do this business with dump trucks or swimming pools, I would do that. I'm not in love with houses. They break. They smell bad, some of them. Uh, one of my apprentices yesterday in San Antonio, he's buying a house that has 70 cats in it. And I can't imagine how bad that is. But, you know, at the end of the day, marketing comes down to two different avenues. We can do sweat marketing or we can do paid marketing. Man, when I started, I didn't have any money. So I had to do the sweat marketing side of things. And so uh, examples of that would be, you know, putting out bandit signs. You know, although you're paying for the sign, what I would do is I would put them out Friday night and pull them up early Monday morning. And so 100 signs, a couple hundred bucks would last me three or four months. Right. So that's more of a, a sweat technique as opposed to leaving them out. Another one that we're having a lot of success with is actually networking with wholesalers. Because wholesalers are slave to the 70% rule, we're able to go in and, and do deals that they can't do, right? Because we buy creatively as opposed to just throwing cash offers around all, all over the place, right? So I've got an apprentice um, in Texas. He's done three transactions this month where wholesalers are bringing him the deal. Now, one of them is at a 0% owner finance rate. Now, why a wholesaler would want to, to make a $5,000 assignment fee on a deal where we're, we've got like four years and this thing's going to be paid off and we've got an $80,000 note on it. I don't really understand. Okay. So that, that's a couple of, of options in terms of sweat marketing. What I, I hope for people is that they understand that marketing is an investment. It's not a cost. So effective marketing should add a minimum 25 X. So if you're spending a thousand dollars in effective marketing per month, you should over time buy $25,000 per month in equity, right? As an average. Now, what I hope for people is that if you have to start with the sweat side, that you go to the paid marketing side as soon as you can. Okay. So in my world, the best paid marketing that we can do is pay-per-click. So being there on Google ads, whenever they're, they're like people are searching for us, uh, searching sell my house fast or companies that buy houses, we want to be there when people have already realized that they have a problem and we can be there to offer a solution, but it has to be done very well. I know a lot of people that have lost a lot of money when it comes to doing pay-per-click campaigns because they don't understand how to drive traffic, number one, and how to cr create conversion once someone is has landed on a page, number two. 
But uh, those are, are examples of sweat marketing, paid marketing that we use in our business. Excellent. So as we know, and most of our audience here knows, when talking to an off-market seller, a person that owns a single family house, you know, they don't have it in the multiple listing service. Um, they have some type of motivation. Most of these people are going to be anticipating when you're starting that conversation with them of you buying their house. Most of these people, like 99% of them are more having their mind that, well, if I sell my house, I'm going to get all the money, right? I mean, it's like, that's the traditional way. I sell a house, I get all the money. Mm-hmm. But now you come along and you are going to be talking to them about creative selling or them becoming the bank or there's a note and they're going to get payments. What are your secrets? Um, and as our friend Eddie would say, talk off points. Well, what are what are your secrets or scripting that takes a person that's never considered selling on terms and waiting for all their money over time from the point of them expecting to get all the cash up front? And that's a great question. And what I would submit to you is the first thing that we can't do is make offers. So in my world, I really feel like an offer is a commodity to shop. And I can't even begin to tell you how many houses that we've gone in and bought because, you know, two or three other investors had gone in and left an offer behind for, for them to think about. And then we come in because we won't give them a price. They're giving us a price. We're making sure that that's the least that they will take. And then we're going to switch it to terms. So let's say that someone says, well, and, and we talk about things in terms of cash at closing. So if, if somebody owes $100,000 and they, they want to sell the property for one hundred and fifteen, then I'm going to switch it and say, well, so your cash at closing is $15,000. So assuming that they would sell to me for that $15,000 cash at closing, then I'm going to say, well, you know, I can do that if we can do it another way. And this is how we can make it work. So I've never given them a price. And they've given me the price. So, I mean, what what we've done there is we've made it very difficult for them at that point to really begin to to pull back and think about it because we're giving them their number. We never give a price ever. Now, Jay, there's sometimes that we do pay cash for properties. We just bought one uh, outside of Huntsville, Alabama about a month ago that uh, the people had paid $160,000 cash for it in 2012. We paid $15,000 for it. And, you know, it's like at that price... I don't really feel the need to negotiate terms. You know, it's like, we'll just pay the 15 K. And I thought about it. It kind of hurt my feelings to not get 0% owner financing on that 15, but I was like, you know, they need the money. They need the 15 grand. We'll just go ahead and pay it. But the short answer is I think the, the real skill is to, to be able to negotiate with people without giving them a, a price, giving them an offer. I feel like if you give an offer, it's a commodity, a commodity for them to shop. I also think it's kind of acrimonious. You know, people feel like they're good negotiators because somebody can say, well, I want $200,000 for my house. And you can say, well, how does a hundred thousand sound? I don't think that's negotiation at all. I think that's horse trading. And like my family came from the agriculture world. So, I mean, we were pick farmers. I mean, and I saw that growing up all the time, you know, that doesn't work for houses as well. Like if we can make people realize that we're not there to take advantage. If we can make their number work, then we will make it work. But there's equity. There's two types of equity. There's equity in price and equity in terms. So if we can create equity in terms, a lot of times that's a better equity position for us to have as a long-term play, as opposed to just like really working in the 70% rule, if that makes sense. Do you ever offer or give multiple offers or multiple strategies of saying, okay, if you want your price, we can do it this way. If you've got to have all cash, we can do it this way. 
And if you want a third option, we can do it this way. Or do you most of the time stay with, say, the uh, the terms uh, uh, negotiation and conversation? And that's a great question. So we don't do like the three offer strategy of like we can do it this way, this way or this way, this way. Because what I found, at least in my own personal experience, is that, that I had people say, well, I want this price with that term. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. like they want to pick and choose the way they want yeah. it. Yeah, it was like, we'll take this closing date. We'll take that price with those terms. It's like, well, that, that's not really how it works. What I'll say to that is it's really common for us to to bounce back and forth between pricing terms. So if someone says, okay, this is a price that we want, then we'll say, well, if you want it like that, here's how we can make that work. And they say, well, that doesn't work for us. And then we'll go back and say, well, is that price the least you would take? And so we start talking about price again. And I've had situations where we have to kind of go back and forth three or four times before we land somewhere. And it's generally somewhere kind of in the middle that we, we find that people will uh, work within kind of a median based on what they're hoping for. You know, if we can substantiate pricing and values and cost to where we can show like, hey, these are the numbers that you're working with. Like, this is the value. This is the cost to get it there. Here's my break-even number. You know, what are you hoping for your cash at closing? People generally tend to be a little bit more reasonable if we can substantiate why they should accept a, a lower price than what they're hoping for. Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. When you have someone that is agreeable or at least open, they're open to the idea of terms mm -hmm. and, you know, taking payments or equity over time or whatever. Do you, uh, in your, in your conversation, do you tell them how long or how long the term of the note would be? Or do you ask them what's the longest they could go? Or how do you get to that agreeable length in a uh, length of the note? Yeah. So what we talk about it is in terms of some now and some later. So we're going to talk about it and say, okay, how much cash do you need at closing to make it work? And they'll give us a number and we'll kind of negotiate that. It's like, okay, if I can get you X at closing, then how soon were you hoping to get? No, we do it this way. Uh, we can either do payments every month, like an annuity or, or retirement plan, or we can do a lump sum in the future. Which were you hoping for? Generally, people kind of gravitate towards the, the payments per month. But the thing that we never mention is interest. Okay. We never really talk about terms. We're going to talk about it in terms of, you know, $20,000 at closing and $500 per month until paid. And so people are kind of looking at that and saying, especially if they're a landlord, guys, if you're, if you're dealing with a landlord that has free and clear property and they're a tired landlord, you should absolutely be able to negotiate owner financing because these people are open to receiving payments. That's what they bought the property for in the first place. Well, if we can just kind of segment it to being like, well, how much do you need at closing? Well, would you like a lump sum in the future or would you like monthly payments? Generally, they're going to say, well, I'd love monthly payments and we can negotiate something, but we never really talk about it in terms of, well, it's a, a 10 year loan and here's the rate. We never mention certainly we never mention interest. We don't really ever talk about the term as well. 
So you would, uh, you would agree that most of the terms that you structure are payments uh, with no interest. Correct. hundred percent. I've only paid interest twice on owner finance deals. And um, both of those were, were properties I wanted. They were both lake properties. And I was like, I've got to have this. I think I paid a 3% rate on one and four and a half on the other. I love it. I love it. Well, Brad, now let's really change gears from the owner financing thing and the term thing to this world that you're in of investing remotely. My lands, you are in, you've invested in 15 states. Uh, you invest from Michigan to Georgia. I'm going to ask you a question that could take you three days to answer, but you got about three minutes instead. We'll work with that. <laughs> but how in the world do you invest remotely in 15 different states? And we know what, we know what everybody's concerns are. I mean, how do you find those deals, you know, out there in a different state? Watch your boots on the ground. How do you make sure you're not being taken to the cleaners? How do you manage all that stuff remotely? And, you know, my land, you can't drive by it and see what's happening to the property. I mean, what does that world look like? Yeah. And you're right. That would be about a three hour answer. But uh, to, to put it into three minutes, um, the first fundamental that we have to understand is that the farther away we are from our own personal market, the cheaper the property must be. So we have to have a higher discount. Now, now I'll buy something at 60 cents on the dollar cash in my backyard, but I'm definitely not going to do that, you know, uh, two states away. Right. So we have to have a, a greater discount because you're hundred percent right. We're going to have issues that we don't expect right now. We don't have, you know, a, a large amount of, of like workforce that can help us in these deals generally. Right. So what we're going to do is we market to areas that we like. Okay. And because we're marketing in big geographic areas, our lead cost is actually quite a bit lower, substantially lower. So we can do one of two things. We can either have a lower ad budget or we can keep our ad budget the same and have maybe three or four times the lead flow. Okay. So let's just say we have four times the lead flow. Well, what that means is that that deal that comes around twice a year, three times a year is going to happen for me roughly every two months. Or, you know, the deal that happens every four months is going to happen for me every month. So I can be a little bit more picky based on what I'm looking at. And so in terms of the value, the decisions are very easy, actually. So, I mean, case in point, we just bought one in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, the property had a, a, a comp across the street that sold in um, in February for 76000 We bought this one for thirteen. So we have it under contract. And so once we have it under contract, we go into due diligence. So the first thing we're going to look at is value. So what is the value based on what we expect right now? So we feel like roughly this thing's worth $75,000 and I can probably owner finance it for 89 or maybe 99,000 with a 10K down payment, you know, at a minimum 10K. So with that, we're, we're going to talk to two or three brokers in that market, real estate agents. They're going to give us CMAs, give us an idea of value. And then we're going to then once the value looks okay, we're going to switch to condition. So we're going to get actually a home inspection on this property. Okay. Guys, once we have three different CMAs from agents and they all kind of make sense for one another, like there's congruency in those three CMAs, and then we go and we get the home inspection, we're going to know really everything that we need to know in terms of that property, especially with the discounts that we're buying. So, I mean, the question being, is it a little bit more risky than buying in your own backyard? It certainly is. Whenever, if you're paying dollar for dollar the same amount, but if you're paying, you know, 60 cents in your own backyard or 20 cents in another state, 
then I would ask you, well, which is more risky at that point? Okay. So short answer, we're going to get things under contract that we feel pretty comfortable with. Um, then we're going to verify and find the facts that we know and what we don't know. At that point, we're going to make a final decision. Sometimes we have to renegotiate price. Most of the time we don't because it's just such a severe discount on the front end. And I mean, in terms of management, the, the thing is that we're owner financing most of these, almost all. And so if we're owner financing things, we're serving the least served and the most underserved buyer pool in the country. There's a lot of people that need owner financing. And since March, this is what I heard from, from Eddie Speed yesterday. And, and Jay, I know you know Eddie. So he said that if 100 people could get a mortgage in March before this COVID thing hit, then right now there's 64 people that can get a mortgage that's left out of those 100. Well, what happened to those other six, 36 people? Well, did they just decide not to buy? Well, no, they need owner financing at this point. So we're serving a, a very needed, uh, a very underserved buyer pool that needs owner financing. So we'll sell the house with owner financing, create the note. I don't want ownership in property. I feel like property is liability. We want to own the paper. Okay. So we create owner financing, sell the house with owner financing, have a long-term cash flowing asset. And in a nutshell, that's how we buy remotely. To what extent do you buy houses remotely um, with owner financing? To what extent is, are you comfortable with uh, the amount of repairs or uh, rehabbing involved? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to rehab anything. So if, if the property needs the, the grass cut, somebody better go cut the grass because we're going to buy it. We're going to sell it as is. You know, the, the best example that I have of this, I had a house that I bought for $2,000 one time. And um, now I don't understand why people do what they do sometimes, Jay. I, I know that doesn't resonate with you. I'm sure that you've never seen anything that didn't make sense. But for me, I see a lot of things that don't make sense in my world. And this lady sold me the house for $2,000 and she had just done new vinyl and new windows on the exterior. The exterior looked great. But she said, I don't want you to go in the house because I'm afraid you won't buy it. This was maybe six or seven years ago when I'm actually going to look at houses. I said, well, respectfully, I, I have to go look at it. You know, I have to go inside. And so uh, this lady, the roof looked kind of bad, but I didn't realize how bad the roof was. She did new vinyl, new windows. She didn't do the roof. And so water had been pouring into this house for like four or five years. And so like literally the back half of this thing was gone. I mean, it was like molded. It was soft. The subfloor, you couldn't stand in the kitchen, all this. It was a mess. But we sold it with owner financing as is. Like, I'm not going to do that kind of construction. I'm not a construction guy. Literally, I had to come over, had to, had to have a handyman come to my house and replace the doorknobs because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So like, I'm terrible. You, you and I have something else in common, my friend. I'm glad to hear that, man. I think we're like kindred <laughs> souls. We just, uh, you know, probably not from the, the, the same parents, just general, generationally, but uh, you know what I'm saying? We're cut from the same cloth in that way. A, 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 a brother from another mother. <laughs> For sure. So uh, you're not going to do any, you're not going to do any major rehabs. Um, I get it. So my lands, how do you find, so are you finding most of these deals remotely in other sta uh, states? Uh, again, as you mentioned, using pay-per-click, Google pay-per-click. 100%. So, I mean, these are people that are actively searching to solve a problem and we're yeah. there when they, we need to be. I love it when people are looking for me and I'm not looking for them. <laughs> it's a big difference, guys. You, people don't understand the difference in the negotiation structure. So, I mean, if I'm contacting someone to sell me something versus someone co contacting me to buy something, that's a huge difference in the frame of negotiation. And so we always want to be where someone is searching for us if we can be. Of course, there's always exceptions, you know, like anything works some of the time. So we can do the text. We can do the direct mail. I used to do 70,000 direct mailers a month. 
I don't do any of that anymore because it comes down to, I don't want to contact someone to, to sell something. I want people contacting me to buy something. Final question, Brad, at least almost final question. I have to, I have to precursor that. So we know how you're finding these deals. You got all these people that need owner financing. They don't know there's a way. Uh, so how in the world do you get the word out to all these people that you've got owner financed homes available? How do you find the buyers? And that's a great question. So our big three are Craigslist, Facebook marketplace, and then putting yard signs out that say owner financing. And so um, um, I love it. my number one on, uh, so I sell, I don't do owner financing uh, here in this market. That's another conversation. I do a lot of rent to own. Yeah. Um, I love your model. Regardless, it's the same buyer, whether they're buying owner financing or they're buying on rent right. to own. Yeah. And, um, but with that, um, Facebook marketplace hands down is my best lead source for finding these owner finance buyers. Yeah. It's really amazing. I've got a, I'd say she's at least half time and probably closer to three quarter time. And the poor girl, she probably has carpal tunnel by now because like you post a house for sale with owner financing and all these buy sell trade groups. And like, you can see like the, the computer almost begin to melt because it's overheating from all the people responding. And it, it makes sense. I mean, it's really common in a market. So I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. The last time I checked, there were 2,700 houses on the market on the MLS to service everyone that could get mortgage financing. Well, there were three that were offered with owner financing and they were mine. And so it's like, if that's the case, you can see the disparity in the supply demand curve. You have a huge group of demand for very, very little inventory. And so selling the houses is never really been a problem. I love it. Brad, I know my audience wants to stay connected with you. How can they stay connected with Brad Smotherman? Yeah. So for those that are interested more in owner financing and what we do, then you can listen to my podcast, Investor Creator on iTunes and the various other platforms. And if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, feel free to do so. Brad at bradsmotherman.com. That's awesome, Brad. It's so great to have you here on the show, Brad. I really enjoyed our conversation. I know the audience did as well. And so let me give it to you for parting comments and final advice. You know, the, the thing that I want to say to people is um, I always try to instill the amount of hope that I can. You know, I think a lot of people want to do this business and, and they have a lot of fear. And I remember how that was in 2010 when I started, because, you know, I'd started in the the brokerage business. I was a realtor and not a super successful one at that. I made a living. But, you know, whenever I decided to be an investor, I thought, gosh, like nobody's going to leave a loan in place. Nobody's going to sell at a discount. Nobody's, you know, and it's the same thing that I've heard. You know, and here's kind of like the hierarchy of beliefs that fell, fell down for me. I thought nobody would leave a loan in place. Well, that happened. And then I thought, well, nobody's going to sell at 50 cents on the dollar. And then that happened. And then I thought, well, nobody's going to give me 0% owner financing. And then that happened. And then I thought, well, all of this is because we're that good in person. We can't do it on the phone. And then we started buying all of those on the phone. And so at the end of the day, I mean, this business works. It's an amazing business. It changes lives. And if you feel compelled, you have a passion for the business and you have a, a passion to help people with their problems and you can do very well in this business. Stay with it. That's awesome. Brad, thank you so much. And thank you, my audience, for tuning in. It's always great to have you here. And I know you found this episode very valuable. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best. And here is to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. And I'll see you on the next show. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.